With the pandemic, there's all this conversation about vaccination, its efficiency, and a lot of hesitancy surrounding it. Still, we don't really realize that we've been getting vaccinated most of our lives, and in some countries, since the day you were born. I would say they're pretty much the unsung heroes that are protecting you against diseases like mumps, measles, tuberculosis. But one vaccine memory that stood out to me the most when re receiving a vaccine was the HPV vaccine. I remember waiting in line with the rest of the girls in my grade around when I was 13 years old in a Malaysian school. I was nervous, obviously, because it was the very first vaccine where my parents weren't there to hold my hand and just be in the waiting room or the doctor's room. Instead, what the Malaysian government had was a program where nurses would come to your school during recess and administer these vaccines, and obviously with prior parental consent. But most importantly, what these nurses and teachers at that time do is that they would sit the students down and tell you exactly why these vaccines were beneficial and how it was going to protect us, not just against the virus, but also certain types of cancers as well. And that really popped in my head. So let's take a moment today and talk about HPV vaccines and how they're protecting you against certain types of cancers. I'm Fanisha Yerajindran, and welcome back to On the Sidelines. Joining us on the sidelines today to talk about HPV vaccines is Alyssa, a translational medicine researcher and a science for everyone uh, researcher as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back talking about viruses. <laughs> Amazing. I absolutely love talking about immunology viruses with you. So let's get right into it. So what is HPV and why can it cause cancer? Yeah, so HPV is a DNA vaccine. There's a DNA vaccine. No, HPV is a DNA virus and it can affect skin and mucosal tissues. So that includes like the vagina, the mouth, the penis, the anus. So anywhere where you have that like soft tissue. Um, and the HPV virus, uh, known as the human papillomavirus, is transmitted through sexual contact. And um, up to 80% of women and greater than 90% of men will be infected within their lifetime, making it probably the most common sexually transmitted infection. Um, yeah. Hmm. So how exactly does the virus cause cancer? And you say like there's different variations on like whether or not it can and cannot cause cancer depending on its genotype. Yeah, so um, the mechanism of which it can cause cancer is when it like integrates a piece of its genome into the host cell's genome. Um, so it has this thing called an oncogene, which just means a gene that can cause cancer. Um, and if it integrates this gene into the cell, um, it leads to a degradation of the tumors, like or the host cell's tumor suppressing genes. So we have in our cell cycle, so that's how our cells like grow and divide and become more cells to replace dead cells or just, you know, make more cells. Um, so we have this tumor suppressing gene called retinoblastoma, and it damages that. And when you have damage to our tumor suppressing genes, um, this means it interferes with the cell's ability to check itself uh, before dividing. So you obviously want your cell to be perfect and divide and make more healthy cells. But when these like checking mechanisms are damaged, then you have the opportunity to make just as many cells as you want, however you want to make them. So cells just start dividing all willy-nilly. Um, but usually this isn't too much of a problem because we have backup uh, 
genes to like do some more checking. Uh, but when those get damaged, that's when that becomes a problem. And the virus also has ways to inhibit those genes as well. So it's co-evolved with us a little bit, but uh, we have some things to protect us. <laughs> that is so scary and just so weird in general. Viral DNA being integrated into your DNA that... Oh my god, that things like these like blows my mind. Viruses are pretty spicy. Yeah, they are. They are spicy. Um, so what kind of cancers do they actually cause? Like, do we have a list that we can look at? Oh yeah, we have we have a good list. We kind of we do have a good understanding of how HPV causes cancer and what cancers it causes. Um, so it's like what I talked about. It depends on where it can infect. So the most common is that HPV infections cause ninety percent of cervical cancers. So that's um, cancer in the cervix, which is between the uterus and the vagina, um, and they can also cause ninety percent of anal cancers, and it causes forty to sixty percent of penile and vaginal cancers. And it may cause up to 60% of oral pharyngeal cancers. And that's, again, from, I don't know, there's an under discussion about safe sex practices if you're partaking in oral sex. But yeah, so it can cause all those types of cancers. Oh, and that is such a high statistic, too. Yes. Yeah, no one really talks about it. But that's a very high number of, like, not just people getting infected, but if you're not properly, like, protected against it, the chances of you getting those cancers seem so high. Yeah, and for the most part, the immune system's able to clear it. It's just in the cases where the immune system doesn't clear the virus. But uh, things like the HPV vaccine, which we'll be talking about in just a sec, um, can greatly reduce your risk of all of those cancers, even though I think most when most people think of HPV, they think of um, cervical cancer, but it can protect you from all these different cancers. Yeah, okay. So on the topic of like oncogenes and virus-causing cancers, what are some preventative measures? And I know we had the barrier protection, but let's talk about the vaccine specifically. Yeah, the HPV vaccine makes me super excited um, because it's like a vaccine that we literally have that prevents cancer. Like we know it prevents cancer because um, it protects you from the HPV virus. So um, so this vaccine um, can is contains virus-like particles. So this means that it has like little tiny things inside the vaccine that look similar to the natural virus, but lack the virus's DNA. So it's unable to replicate. So it's unable to cause infection and replicate within you. We wouldn't want that. We don't want a vaccine to cause illness. Um, so the immune system uh, kind of gets to train uh, to be like, oh, this is what HPV looks like. So then it develops an antibody response to this virus-like protein or particles, uh, which can help prevent the attachment and entry of the HPV vaccine into your cells. Um, and it can also help you clear HPV faster um, when you're exposed because you have your cells are trained and you've produced all these antibodies to it so it can attach and fight it pretty quickly. So, yeah, that's how it so, works. That is so cool. So when do you get vaccinated and what's like the types of vaccine that are available? Yeah, so um, people can get vaccinated anywhere from the manufacturer has it approved for anywhere from 9 through 45. Um, you can be vaccinated against HPV, but it's ideally, it's ideal to have someone um, vaccinated before they become sexually active. So that's just, you know, you get the training into your immune system before you're ever potentially exposed. And that's the same concept for like the COVID vaccine or the flu vaccine. You're like, let's get this the immune system trained before it sees these viruses. Um, and now 
basically, if you're over 27, um, it's just more want to have a discussion with your healthcare provider about what your rationale is behind getting them, if you're still a good candidate for it. But both males and females can now get the vaccine. Um, that's been approved and well-researched. And we know that some of these cancers occur in people who have penises. So we want to make sure that we vaccinate everybody because it also helps prevent the spread as well. Depending on how old you are, um, you may or may not have received the HPV vaccine if you went to a Canadian school and you were a boy. Um, yeah, it used to just kind of be like a girls only vaccine, but um, there's great research to support that it's really effective in both sexes. So, yeah, I was going to say that was going to be my next point, because like I vividly remember getting the HPV vaccine because one, it was the first vaccine that I remember getting at school back in Malaysia. And two, it was literally just all the girls in my class lining up at the nurse's office and all the guys were like, oh, you're getting a vaccine injection and we're not. Yeah, it was very like stigmatized. Um, like, like it was like the girl vaccine. Um, yeah, and I it, it's useful for everybody. So I'm glad in Canada and other countries it's available for everybody. Um, and I have a vendetta to encourage most of my male friends and any of my male partners that I've had to get vaccinated for it because I'm on a mission and my mission is to spread the HPV vaccine. So <laughs> no, I love that so much because like it was beneficial because I remember nurses and teachers uh, having the students sit down and tell them actually why they're getting this vaccine. But I'm also so happy to see that everyone can get the vaccine now and it's not like gender specific anymore because like you said all these effects can happen to anyone yeah and it's like so when we were in grade school we probably got so there's three different types of hpv vaccines and we probably got the second generation so the first generation one had uh two strains of hpv that was protected against and you're like oh but there's over 200 strains Alyssa. why is there only two in the vaccine and these are just because it's the high risk uh, ones, those are the ones that are like most likely to cause like 80% of like cervical cancer. So those are the ones they targeted. And then we have Gardasil 4, which is likely the one that you and I both got um, back in the day. Um, back and that, in the day. <laughs> and now there's the um, Gardasil 9 vaccine, which prevents against a total of nine strains. So it includes all the previous strains, but then some against genital warts. Um, and even if you were vaccinated um, back in grade school, uh, you can still consider talking to your doctor if you want to upgrade to the nine, like the they call it a non-avalent vaccine because it protects against nine strains. So, yeah, you can definitely talk about upgrading with a healthcare provider. No, like before when I was like researching for this episode, because like I wanted to be well prepared, I was going through old vaccination records and I never really realized this, but we get vaccinated a lot as a child. Yeah, we definitely should make another episode to go through what vaccines you got and why. And I know you have some experiences with slightly different vaccines from growing up in Malaysia, but yeah. Exactly. Oh, I absolutely so many love talking about this with you. We have like so much. I love it. And before I end today's episode, I just wanted to put a little plug in because I heard there's a new blog coming up with our organization. Yeah. So you'll be able to check out our Science for Everyone blog. And one of our first blog posts that's going up is going to be about the HPV vaccine so you can get more of the facts um, and as well as about pap smears combined. So we're kind of combining all of cervical cancer screening care into that blog post. Amazing. Yeah. So if like anyone wants to read more in detail and at their own pace, make sure when the blog is up to check it out. Be covering lots more topics than just that. That's just one of the first ones scheduled to be covered. 
exciting. Oh my god. Thank, well, thank you so much for joining me today, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to coming back again. Amazing. And thank you again for tuning in. And remember to subscribe for more conversations and some insightful answers to your questions about the science impacting your world. If you want to learn more about vaccines, HPV, or any of the other topics we talked about on this show, visit us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at SciForEveryone, and on our website at www.scienceforeveryone.ca. On the Sidelines is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, June Kim, and Tanishuri Rajendran. On the Sidelines is sponsored by the University of Toronto Student Engagement Grant.